I'm Claire Southworth and this is Talking Flutes. I'm on my own today, sitting in my garden in glorious sunshine because we're experiencing uh, a very nice Indian summer here in the UK. So you will hear the odd bit of traffic noise and possibly seagulls. So for today's pod, I'm going to answer a few more questions. And the first is from Andrew Littleton in Cape Town. And he asks, can you practice too much? Well, the simple answer is yes, it is possible to do physical and mental damaging by practicing too much. In my view, life and work balance is hugely important. If you stay in a room practicing for hours every day, you will stifle improvement. Your powers of musical interpretation develop as you develop, and that development is through living and experiencing life and all that it has to offer. Plan to practice and plan to not practice. That way you never feel guilty. But let's look at this in a little more detail. The amount of practice that you do is also entirely dependent on your level and aspirations. A beginner flutist, for example, will tire easily and so little and often works best. Up to 30 minutes a day would be enough. Bad habits creep in when you're tired, no matter what your level is. Progress as a beginner tends to be fast. A little practice results in steady improvements. As you progress though, practice needs to increase to achieve the same level of improvement. Practice also requires discipline, but this is affected by your teacher's attitude and motivation within your lessons. An encouraging and motivational teacher will generally result in more effective student practice. The best teachers are flexible in their approach which adapts to each individual's needs. Practice should be fun. And if you're not having fun, or if you're not progressing as you think you should, talk to your teacher. It's their role to guide and inspire you. Progress allows you to play more demanding music, which means that you're always moving forward. This question is fast developing into how to practice. So I think I'll continue on this route but might have to run into another podcast at a later date, but we'll see how we get on. I've always found that when someone inspires me by their playing, I'm more motivated to practice. So we should all ask ourselves the question, what inspires us? Inspiration can come in many ways. Listening to recordings, a great lesson, going to a concert, hearing improvement, playing faster or louder, or suddenly being able to play a passage that was always difficult. Sometimes we have to search around for the inspiration. Don't sit and wait for it to miraculously appear. Inspiration can also come through everyday activities. For me, it's a walk along the seafront, which I do every day with my dogs, or maybe a beautiful sunny day or a cold winter's one. Be aware of what's going on around you. Appreciate life and nature. Inspiration will not be far away. Try and be realistic about your playing and about your progress. Teachers cannot make you improve. They can only point you in the right direction. So it's the work done in your individual practice that will help you succeed. General practice advice could be, keep it varied. Think before you play. Think about the quality of the time used, not the quantity. Be aware of your motivation for practice. Is it for a lesson, concert, an audition, an exam? Have a plan. 
What do you need to work on? Don't practice going wrong, make it successful. So for example, if you're learning Mozart D major concerto and the first trill is a mess, break it down into small segments. Work at each element rather than always messing up that first entry. Don't misunderstand me here. You do learn by your mistakes, but only if you take the right action to correct them. This could be playing slower, playing in small sections, changing the rhythm, the key, the octave, the articulation or the dynamic. I've just had to pause my recording as there was a barbecue party just starting up next door and it might be loud. So I'm back indoors and let's get back to practice. Practice involves building correct neural pathways, not building the pathways to mistakes. Your listening skills are crucial. Be your own critic. Don't wait for your teacher to tell you what you already know. Be aware and in the moment during your practice. Use a notebook to check what your teacher told you and to remind you of what you've done in your own practice sessions. Focus on one problem at a time. Think of moving from the simple to the complex. And what I mean by that is strip away the details and work on the basic simple line. Then gradually reintroduce notes and rhythms to arrive at the complex. Practice what you find difficult, not something that you already do well. And above all else, use your critical ear. Let's talk about some more practical advice. You need to decide when the best time is for you to practice. Are you an early bird or a late owl? Where will you practice? Try and create a welcoming and inviting environment with no distractions. Warm enough for your fingers to move, light enough so your eyes aren't straining, quiet enough so that you can hear. Gather all those essential accessories around you. Music stand, music, pencil, notebook, bottle of water, a mirror, and turn your phone off. Variety within your practice is also another important factor. A good mix of warming up, exercises to improve tone, technique and articulation, studies to develop those techniques further, and then your repertoire. Practice should be enjoyable, and if you practice well, you will progress, and the end result is that you continue to have fun. Thank you, Andrew, for the question. Apologies for developing the answer a little more, but I think it's all important stuff to remember. Okay, let's move on to our next question, a topic I feel very strongly about. The question's from Justine Greenhaar from Exeter, and she writes, Vibrato. Flute player's annoyance or something that we should embrace? I am more often than not immensely annoyed by flute player's vibrato. Often it's this constant wobble, never changing and intruding into the music. Actually, I'm immensely annoyed by the vibrato of other instrumentalists as well. Most players spend a long time trying to learn the technique and then like a running tap, they never turn it off. So what is it? Vibrato by definition is a musical effect used in singing and instrumental playing. It's used to add expression to music and is created by a change in the pitch, which produces a wave or a pulse or a wobble in the tone. It's a technique that enhances the emotion of the music. So when it's used successfully, we are unaware of the technique because it blends into the sound. 
Generally, if you notice a player's vibrato, it's because there's a problem with it. Vibrato should warm the sound, not aggravate it. Geoffrey Gilbert always used to say, the music needs more red wine and less Coca-Cola, which means more depth, less fizz. We can learn so much by listening to other musicians, whether it's a classical or a pop singer, a string or woodwind player. For many players, vibrato has to be learnt. And the key to the successful use of vibrato is to develop a feel for it, to relate an emotion to the speed and intensity. That then translates into a resulting sympathetic effect. When you start to change your thinking about vibrato being a technique, it will begin to develop into a more natural effect. It's your whole body which is being expressive, not just your diaphragm. Vibrato should warm and enhance the sound, not aggravate it. Listen to instrumental players with a critical ear and concentrate on their use of vibrato. Ask yourself, does it blend into the sound? Does the speed match the emotion? The use of the vibrato should match the emotion of the music. For example, a slow and calm piece of music needs a calm vibrato. Something more vibrant and faster, for example, the third movement of the Poulenc Sonata, requires a fast and vibrant vibrato. So it's not a matter of just learning to play with the technique, it's important how you use it according to the emotion of the music. Justin, your question was, is vibrato an annoyance or something we should embrace? I hope I've answered for you. I feel strongly that it should be taught, but taught with linking the emotion to the technique and using it intelligently so that it enhances the expressive communication of the music. We have two other questions and the first is how to understand your own potential and how to not measure yourself or compare yourself with other musicians. Well, this is one of the hardest challenges we face as emotional beings. Listening to others is an important part of our learning, but listen with a view to be inspired, not squashed. It's not always the best players who succeed. It's about being realistic, working hard, communicating, being humble and engaging. We all have something to offer and it's a case of finding that avenue where you can be most effective. Comparison is only good if you can take something positive and learn from that comparison. It could be a beautiful tone, clean technique or an exquisite pianissimo. Let other musicians inspire, not deflate. We all have the potential to improve in all aspects of life, so keep a positive mindset. And finally today, how can we be realistic about orchestral opportunities and when should we take a fresh look at what you desire career-wise with your music? Well, there are many job opportunities around that don't involve orchestral positions. If you focus only on an orchestral position, then you might be hugely disappointed. Very few players gain orchestral posts. Keep your choices open, be realistic. You get what you work for. So if you're not putting in the long hours of dedicated study, don't expect to achieve. Take time to investigate what job opportunities are around in terms of performance, teaching, 
coaching, management, writing, editing or events. Sometimes you can achieve your ambitions via alternative routes. For example, a teaching post might offer a chance to perform with other teachers in a wind quintet, flute quartet or with an accompanist. Investigate performance opportunities within your teaching environment, maybe to playing to different classes or local schools and colleges. Also take a look at big corporations like the BBC. I once knew a clarinetist who struggled to find a job playing and then saw an advert for an assistant librarian post within a BBC orchestra. This was her entry into a whole new world of musical opportunities. She got the job, then shortly afterwards applied for an internal position as a sound engineer for Radio 3. And she discovered she had a huge talent for being able to critique and enhance recording artists. A whole new career, but firmly in the music world. We can't all be successful solo recording artists, but we can be successful and fulfilled in many other musical jobs. Regularly take a moment to assess your career path and work. Are you happy with where you're going and with what you're doing? Could you investigate other possibilities? Make a development plan. Music performance is one of those jobs where there is no recognised career development programme, no yearly appraisals, no line managers to help you improve and move you up the career ladder. It's down to each individual to seek out and apply for step-ups. I know from personal experience how difficult this can be but with the advantage of the internet, that job is considerably easier now. Keep your options open and be open to new ideas and new paths. Remember, the percentage of players sitting in the orchestral positions is very low and those jobs are not the only jobs in the music world. There are many, many exciting opportunities out there. As always, thank you for listening. We love hearing from you with your comments and questions. You can find us on our social media pages. For Twitter and Instagram, it's at Claire Flute or at Flute. And you can find us on our Talking Flutes Facebook page. You can also email your questions to flutepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.